Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There are two types of people in this world. They're those people who strike up a conversation with the random person seated next to them on the plane, and those people who dread that the random person seated next to them on the plane might try to strike up a conversation. But here's the thing. Just because someone likes to talk doesn't mean they're any good at it, and vice versa. So how do we push past the superficial level of small talk and actually get to know someone? What makes a conversation memorable? And do conversations differ by where we live or where we were raised? 3Q3D Nation, today's discussion promises to be a good one. So settle in and pour yourself a drink. I am Chris Michael A. This is the Three Questions, Three Drinks podcast. Welcome to today's conversation about conversation. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode where we are going to have a chat, a discussion, a dialogue, a conversation about conversation. And in case you're new to the show, here's how it works. Each week I get with friends I find interesting or thought-provoking to pour a few drinks and ask a few questions about an interesting topic to hopefully create a conversation that gets more interesting with every sip. And as I've said, the topic this week is, in fact, conversation. And today I'm joined by at least one person who is certainly not new to conversation podcasting, and who describes himself as a master provocateur, which I take to mean he's good at stirring the pot. That man is Brian Howie, the owner of Pod Populi, the podcasting studio that produces this show and the creator of several very successful podcasts, including the nation's number one dating and relationship show, The Great Love Debate. Bait. Welcome, Brian Howie. Oh, I got the call in from the bullpen. I'm very, very proud. That's right. Brian is substituting for um, 3Q 3D mainstay, Matt Jordan, who is unable to be here today. So thanks, Brian, for yeah. pinching. Called the righty from the pen. That's right. Welcome. Hi. And I am once again joined by my friend, Amanda Adams. If you've listened to the show, then you likely know Amanda is witty and smart. And although I'm guessing she's a person on the plane who prefers to, prefers to quietly read a book, rather than strike up a conversation with her seatmate. I think she's actually a great conversationalist. So is that accurate? Uh, Roger that. (laughs) (laughs) Roger that. Okay. Yeah, she's a lot like me. Don't elevators, I dread. Really? Uber driver, please don't talk to me. I wish there was a setting on Uber that said, like, I think there is a setting on on Uber Don't talk to me? There's not. I have been in a lift before where the driver basically says, like, if you want me to shut up, just say so, or... Um, tell me to turn off the radio or turn up the radio or whatever. So I sometimes I sometimes walk over 
like if it's a mile because I don't want to talk to the. That's interesting. I'm but you talk introverted. for a living. Is that's why you want to shut it off? Talking for a living is different. You're. Mm-hmm. I always put myself in positions where I control the tone, direction, subject matter of the conversation. Mm. A random stranger coming up to me and being like, "Hey, how was your day?" is terrifying to me. It's terrifying. Terrifying. Same, okay. Same for me because I teach, so I I talk for a living as well. But I yeah. do not like a lot of big of personality. Control. You know, Howard Stern, David Letterman are, would rather just like hide in their basement than talk to a stranger. The pandemic was fine for me. Yeah, mm. me too. Yeah. How do you feel, though, not directing this conversation? Do you feel like because you're normally the one in the driver's seat doing the podcast, being the host, right? Comfortable because I trust where you're going. I'm familiar with the show. Uh, I know that it's going to be a smart conversation. Mm, it's not going to be it's not going to be, you know random small talk I, I think there'll be interesting subjects so I'm very comfortable with this Okay, but I've done I've been a guest on a million podcasts and I can tell 30 seconds in I'm like this is going to be terrible for me mm. and not all podcasts are created equal as a, for being a guest okay yeah same with TV when you do TV ex- appearance I do a lot of morning news TV stuff when I feel like the anchor is not reliant on the teleprompter and we're just going to have a conversation I trust it. It's going to be good when somebody's just like, I have eight questions I'm going to ask you and I'm, I don't like not having that control. Yeah. But isn't that how TV often goes with any late night show where they kind of have their little like softball pitches that they know they're going to. Yes. Which is why a lot of celebrities really like podcasting because they're used to doing four minutes with Fallon where it's like Uh, story, joke, setup, movie clip. What could we find you? Yeah. And a lot of them are like, I, I'm so, uh, boxed in by that that i want a, a broader format to to you know i they, they're like i always have to play a part when can i be me right and doing press junkets is not me so you okay. know people like podcasting yeah the long form and i think that's why so many people are attracted to like some of the the joe rogan's tim ferris's their three hour shows that yeah they just mm-hmm. go riff on anything Okay, so we'll keep this one to less than three hours, hopefully less than an hour. And Brian, you do know the format, which is the three questions, three drinks. So I've asked Brian to bring a drink as well. Amanda looks already teed up to have a drink. She's got three beautiful glasses in front of us. I'm going to go first. Brian, I'm asking you to go second with your question. And Amanda will finish it out with the third question. The topic is conversation. Okay? Okay. And... The, the first one we'll, we'll get into in just a second. But first, as you know, we have the drink, and I'll bring mine out. I was just on a family vacation this past week to northern Michigan. Have you ever been to northern Michigan? No, I, it's on my no. list. It, I would love, like Upper Peninsula? The upper, not the UP. Not okay. a, we weren't in the Uper, Uper? No. No. We were just short of it. Just okay. short of Mackinac right. in a place called Petoskey, which is a beautiful lake town it's right on Lake way, Michigan. Yeah. People like Hunt. Mackinac. Oh, it is? Yeah. Yeah, Mackinac is weird, to be honest. We is did it? that. We, it's ultra, no ultra touristy. To listeners Sorry, if you live in Mackinac, it's lovely. <laughs> it's just very kitschy touristy, but... I know, as an outsider, the Ohio-Michigan thing is weird to no, me. No, no, I love it's Michigan. It's weird to me, too. It's, weird. it's just like, it's thing. the same. Yeah, yeah very similar. <laughs> so, my family spent a week in this beautiful little lakeside town, and my brothers-in-law and I, at one point made a little trip to a local microbrewery. And it is my um, contention that we are in the golden age of beer. And there are more microbreweries, craft breweries, than you can shake a stick at. And mm-hmm. we found one randomly that was near where we were staying called the Burnt Marshmallow. Mm-hmm. The Burnt Marshmallow is this guy and his wife who retired from, they lived in Baltimore all their lives. They found this beautiful, beautiful plot of land um, a few miles from Lake Michigan 
It was an old farm. They started grow grapes. They created a winery, distillery, and brewery. It's like a hodgepodge of everything, but they make awesome beer. And I am bringing you one of their summer beers, and I got a growler of it. This is their lemon lavender shandy. So today in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio, it was 88 degrees, hot summer day. And a lemon lavender shandy, I think, is a beer to hit the spot. I'm going to pour you guys each. Okay. That's the one. So have you had like a Shandy, like a Lining Kugels? You've never I have had not, one? No. no. I okay. really stick to IPAs. Do you? Yeah. Well, I you're going to, I think you might find this refreshing. Okay. I like, I'm not afraid to have a, a Shandy beer now and then. Oh, I'm afraid. Yeah. It is fear <laughs> that keeps me from having it. <laughs> fear. Just kidding. I've never heard of one, actually. So this is the Lemon Lavender Shandy, okay. which is brewed with lemon and lavender. <laughs> Okay. So right. cheers. Cheers, cheers Ryan, to the beers. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. What do you think? That's pretty good. It's very summary. Yeah, that's right? sweet. It's very sweet. Very yeah. sweet. It's good. But yeah. yeah. It kind of like good. they dropped some um like um smarties in there. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm hoping. It's <laughs> <That's not bad. laughs> good. It's yeah. light. It's, it's light. Good. It's refreshing. It's refreshing. There you go. So yeah. cheers to the um, cheers. cheers to the beers. The burnt, burnt marshmallow, the signature beer comes with a flaming marshmallow on top. It's poor. Yeah. Nice. So the first question is going to be, this will, I think, hopefully tee up the rest of the, the conversation we have. How do you push past and be, and really get to know someone past the small talk? Okay, Most people, I think a lot of people, are terrified of small talk, yeah. going to a cocktail party with people they don't know. You're yeah. not? No, I You're, mean, oh, I mean, I'm saying I, no, don't put me in getting, that situation. Get it, don't get me seated at a wedding party yeah. table. It's the worst. Yeah. I, but I, this is so strange to me, again, because I think you're good at conversation. I know yeah, you're a little bit. I do, because I don't do small talk. And so people think that small talk is what leads to big talk. No, small talk stays small talk. Yeah, right. I so, agree. so I don't do small talk. So let's talk about how you don't do small talk. How do you get so, to know someone? Is I, that being a great conversationalist is avoiding small talk? Is that the implicit? I think so. Well, yeah, the things I that make so somebody too. a great conversation is a lot of people think that it is uh, intelligence. The things, the two ingredients that drive great conversation are passion and curiosity. So small talk eliminates both of those things. Small talk, how is the weather? You're not really passionate. It's, it's more informational stuff. All that's where you're from. Not interested. Passion and curiosity are what drives good conversation. If you're super into something that I don't know anything about, that's going to be infectious for me. We're going to lead somewhere with that. If you're super curious about something about me or about you know what's going on, you're asking me a question that I've been asked today or I haven't been asked. That's going to lead to so many more places than the small talk, which is about what we have in common. Good conversations about what we have different or what we feel different. Mm. Hmm. I was so I was thinking. I think this sort of is like maps on to what you just said. The first part of it. I want to come back to the second. Thing that you just said, but that, um, but I was thinking about finding that balance between right being a good talker, right, and a good and and not being a sort of arrogant asshole, right. I mean, like mm-hmm. you don't want it. You want to like fine both, line, right? Like be be a good talker. You tell good stories. You you're pa- and I think that lines up with what passion is what you're talking about, and right. then also um, and then you know curiosity about the other person and asking questions. Yeah, it, the way I think about it is you aren't you have to be interested. Not interesting, right? Like I, I always think to myself, you could go to a party and you end up talk, you end up having a conversation with a few people. If all you did was ask them questions that are interesting or open ended mm-hmm. or that keep following up, mm-hmm. you would eventually leave. They would say that was that person was the most interesting person, but you almost never said anything about yourself. You just got them talking about themselves. 
Right. Yeah. I agree. People, people want to think that if they, if you answer five small talk questions right. that, that somehow you're going to know enough about them to get into a bigger conversation, none of the questions that are generally defined as small talk are going to lead you anywhere you want to go. People are, go out on dates that way and they ask, you know, but like I said, we do the great love debate. And so a big part of what we, where things bog down is people don't know how to communicate between hi, hi, where are you? What do you do? Where are you from? What do you do? All these quite, all these small talk doesn't lead to chemistry, doesn't lead right. to banter, doesn't lead to all of the things that people are really looking for in a relationship. So I want to, I want to understand though, then how do you break the ice? How do you, where do you go first? What are some questions that would get past the, where are you from? Like, how do you start to get to know someone? You ask them something they're not expecting in a moment they're not expecting. Such as? Like? You want to see a dessert menu? <laughs> so you laughed. <laughs> if you ask that just as first thing out of your mouth, she's going to say yes, and you're going to go somewhere with that. You know? Jailhouse weapon of choice. A lock and a sock or a shiv. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to get something that are like, I don't know why he's asking me this, but I'm going to see where we're going to go. If you're just like, hey, where are you from? What'd you do today? Right. Like, especially early on when you're talking about dating or any small conversation, you sit next to somebody on an airplane, where are you headed? Headed home? These are not going to lead where you want it to lead. If you um, Unless- ask a question of somebody, small talk should always start with a question where the question is something that you really care about the answer. Mm-hmm. And too many people are trying to ask a question that they know there will be an answer or somebody won't be offended by the question. Right. It seems to me you're talking about, I mean, small talk is risk averse, right? Like it yeah, avoids it's risk averse. Whereas if you, if, great if, if you first, ask uh, observation, yeah, like if you, if you do something like that or ask a question or something or say something real, mm-hmm. um, then you're, it, they, it could fall flat. It could, they mm-hmm. could be like, I don't happen to, you know, like that weapon of choice or whatever the question <laughs> the answer is. They would or, be like, this is creepy. Why is the guy in the plane well, asking right. me about if, my, if I'm carrying any weapons or right, if I have be, weapons in my mind? The right person is going to answer. The person that you're <laughs> going to right. connect with because you you're should right, not. But it's a risk. Yeah. People <laughs> assume you can have great conversations with anybody. Great conversations, whether it's in a romantic situation or within a work situation mm-hmm. that is that is creative situation is about stimulating each other. You're going to get right. a right. This podcast right here, you guys can be friends all you want. The small talk is not happening here. It's things that are a different level of conversation, which is why this is interesting. Nobody's going to tune in to listen to small talk. Right. And you're essentially, you're saying that I'm tuning into my small talk as I'm having it. You're tuning that out too. So it's funny you say that because that is exactly the premise I had in mind about this show was that I hate banal conversation. Banal? Banal? I hate conversation. Banal. Okay. Thank you. The PhD. I have a very expensive English degree. Ah. There you go. Finally used it, mom and dad. (laughs) Come on. You've been using it this whole time. I I just find that kind of conversation super boring, surface level stuff. And so I thought I'd I'd love a great dinner party conversation with curious people that are willing to stir it up. Storytelling's a skill. Mm Mm-hmm. People a lot of times engage in small talk because they're afraid of the silence mm. and it feels awkward to them to not say anything. I'm perfectly comfortable saying nothing while we ride six floors in the elevator together. Some people <laughs> cannot handle it. I'm perfectly fine in my bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of my introverted thing. Some people are like, I'm so uncomfortable that nobody's saying anything. I'm going to blurt out something that is I don't care about just to break the silence. That's small talk. Yeah. Go ahead, Amanda. No, go ahead. I, I was going to say, you know, it's funny, though. You two apparently want to, like, um, just, like, shrivel up and disappear on an elevator or an Uber or something. I am a person that almost always talks to my Uber driver 
And I have had some of the most fascinating conversations with the Ethiopian guy. I'm sure. Addis Ababa, mm-hmm. who tells me about how he fled here or his family back home. And I, I enjoy those conversations with people that I would never learn about. And I'm envious of people like you. I'm more afraid of this is going to bore me, so I don't want to start it. So if I'm going to start the conversation, I want to take it in a direction where I know I'm going to be engaged and probably entertained. That matters to me. I I only have conversations where I feel like I'm going to get something out of it, and that's too risky for me, which is a terrible social trait. I, I grant you that. <laughs> you know, it is it is better to be your way than my way. You know, I don't know. I mean, if I I'm sitting at a wedding party at a dinner table, like a table of eight, oh. I'm going to make everybody <laughs> there <horrible>. laugh. <laughs> Right. right. Yeah. Okay? I feel like my role is to entertain these people. Mm-hmm. I almost want to role play here and have you guys pretend you're at a wedding party. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> How do you know him? And I'll make up something that is right. crazy. Like I won't get. There's no fun in giving the real answer. <laughs> you know, I'm going to take it to a place because then you're actually in control of the conversation, right? Because you're controlling the narrative, that's and they're going they're on fixed here. on you, going, "What is this guy going to yeah. say next?" Yeah, and that's where provocative or mm-hmm. yeah. Instigating. yeah you yeah. you brought up before conversations in different in different places around the country bars which is a big place restaurants where conversations traditionally take place sound different in different parts of the country mm. if you're in los angeles there isn't a lot of hum murmur conversation because everybody's sort of looking around and focused on the door they're not really engaged with each other new york Everybody's only talking to the people that they came with. It's a very close-knit, we're going to sit in here and we're all going to... So Seattle, people might um, have their earphones in because it's sort of a socially awkward place. The Northwest, they're not doing that. The South, the men and the women are separate. It's like a school dance until somebody's drunk enough to cross it. (laughs) The best conversations in America happen in the Midwest because the men and the women socialize together. They do in Chicago, they do in, in uh, Cleveland, they do in Minneapolis. They're, they go out together, they have conversations. So the, the way a bar should sound, laughing, you know, engagement, different voices, are more likely to happen in the Midwest than anywhere else in the country. That is fascinating observation. And, and just sort of some context here for the listener. Brian spent the past 17 years in where? Marina del Rey, L.A., basically. Los Angeles, yeah. Grew up in uh, outside of New, in York, New York, Westchester yep. County. And mm-hmm. so he's been on both coasts and traveled the world and has done a touring show with his podcast for years all over the world, correct? All over the world, All yeah. over the U.S. as well. Um, yeah. And uh, he struck upon something that's uh, that I that is one of my biggest pet peeves, which is when you're having a conversation with somebody and they're looking over your shoulder to see if there's someone more interesting mm-hmm. to talk to, right? Mm-hmm. That's Los Angeles. Actually, they don't. Wait. They don't even sit the same way. A date. They're both sort of facing the door. Yeah. And they're not. It's not like a hitman situation. Like you. They're trying to right. see who else is in and coming in or whatever. Some and the works. sound is different. If you gave me the, like just an audio file of different, I can tell you what part of the country it's in. <laughs> hmm. No, that is the worst though. When somebody is uh, not not like paying attention. Not that it ever happens to me. <laughs> Sorry, we <were you> saying something. <laughs> It's never happened to me. No, I have like a, a friend who does that and just a friend and like it, it is very But I think you guys take it for granted. You, you have no problem having conversations with Amanda. Like with, You're in a place I, like Atlanta. Guys go out together. Yeah. Girls go out together. And finally about 1130, somebody's drunk enough to cross the room. Mm. And mm. so it doesn't sound the same. Chicago, the men and the women play softball together. They hang out together. They go out. And so there's that barrier is down socially. Yeah. It matters a lot in terms of conversation. It's interesting. 
Well, I'm glad we you skipped a question ahead. Also, I know hit on I didn't. I, have, I, have, I don't know the question <laughs> ahead. I was it's the same You're question. You're supposed to have a question next, and I thought that was the one that I'm I, not going to ask that question so right. I can answer it. Perfect. Okay, then you're you're on deck next. Uh, go ahead, Amanda. Well, I just I had another because you were talking about. Can I continue? Do we have time? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, you were talking about uh, like you want it to be entertaining, and I do think that that gets to this question of like chemistry, right? Whether it's romantic or not. I mean, you know, or at work or whatever. Like right. there are people you have conversational chemistry with, right? And mm-hmm. people that you don't. And that's so it doesn't even like I know people that I have a ton in common with. We have the same values. We like like yeah. to do the same things and I don't want to talk to them. I like know. they're not interesting to right. me they're because of the poor chemistry. man's me. Right. No, well, I know, but it's not it's just the chemistry like they don't I think it's pace. Like some people talk at different paces than others and in sensibility. Right. I think right. so much to me is just the the um sense of humor if right. that aligns holy smokes and I you know. can just click with someone immediately right it doesn't matter like that that crosses so many right. boundaries right totally yeah and i like i can't talk to slow talkers because i'm either gonna what so you might not do well in the south <laughs> i would never say that the, about the, the draw or the twang will slow things i know up. right and i and i either steamroll them convert like i i have to always you know it's like know. if you're sitting with someone who and you're eating like you're sharing fries yeah. or something and they are eating slowly and yeah. you're a fast eater and you're like, now I have to like watch myself because I'm going to eat more fries. <laughs> well, I'm just like, that's can you get feel. finished with whatever you're saying so I can talk again? Like well, part right. of me is no, that. No. That's the other I need somebody to entertain. Like if you're just like, oh my God, I'm bored by you. Can we get back to me? That's not a good conversation. I am very self-conscious and I'm sure I'm not nearly as self-aware as I think I am because I, I love to be the center of attention, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think what? Amanda knows me well enough to know no. Well, maybe whatever okay. we all so, do. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, but I particularly I think enjoy just like you know the the trying to be the life of the party when the, in the with the right people or circumstances, and um, I often catch myself like either about to one up someone mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. trying to like bring it right back to me, and I'm like sometimes I go you, you know if you want to keep this going you don't just keep asking questions or just keep probing on that. It, a Wait. good conversation is a ping pong right. warm up, not a ping pong game. It's a dialogue ping pong a game. Somebody's always going to try and smash it or spin it or whatever. The warm up, hit, just hit it, keep back and forth. Right. Right. That's a good conversation. That's yeah. the problem. If if nobody's volleying back, then it's right. then it dies. I know. Right. Yeah. So that's why I need somebody that. Can. Yeah. It's a it's a dialogue, not a monologue. How's the beer? I've had a few sips and I think it's good. Fine. Have you made any progress at all? Yeah. Okay. So we should, Do we move so, to the next? Yeah, let's now? Is that what happened? So I mean, it's 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 on you now. The floor is yours. The floor is mine. All right, talk, I um. Oh, I want to talk more about. Oh, go, go ahead. I mean, okay. no, that, we'll the talk. subject that he brought up about yeah, different think, regions. So, so go ahead. So, give us your well, drink. that is okay. Well, the drink is sort of the same. Well, okay. It's it's a tangent to this, okay. which it should okay. be. So I'm not nearly a big drinker as the rest of you Ohioans are. Um. So I want to know what people are drinking this summer. So a couple years ago, you know, people the White Claw thing happened. And people, I know, and people really liked it in their hearts. It's such a booming thing, the seltzers. But there's a new uh, one. I don't think it's a White Claw, but it is the hot drink of the summer. Oh, yes. I've seen the high noon These are the chic. The girls like them. The guys like them. Mm. I don't know. It's high noon. It's the new uh, rage drink. I've never had one, but I hear it on high authority that this is the... uh, if uh, what Schlitz was the king of beers, <laughs> Milwaukee, what, what was it? High Life, Miller High Life was the king of beers. That's right. That these are um, these are vodka sodas with a little pineapple in a real. Right. These are supposedly all the rage. Wow. So all right. 
We're going to try them. Cheers. I don't know if you're vodka soda because I've never had one of these, but we shall see. <laughs> mm. not, I like that better. It's, not, it's really not bad. It it's does good. taste like real pineapple. I've actually vodka never had... pineapple made with real I've juice. never had a canned beverage. What? I've never had a canned... Um, like vodka, like right. alcoholic. Me, me neither. That's, hard, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Beer. I've never had alcohol in a can. A can, but like, these I mean, are all the non, things. Like they're of, like, of, I imagine they would taste like shit, like pina colada in right. a can or rum. This right. this is pretty not good. Bad. It's not it, there's bad. There's something about it though that I feel like I almost feel like it would taste better if I poured it in a cup, probably with a glass and everything. But that's not like if you were on a boat having that, uh, whisked into that's... some ambrosia. I think you'd be mm. um, happy. Yeah. It's not bad. I like it better than a truly or white claw, which I don't know why I'm fundamentally opposed to those. They just taste yeah. This is the next incarnation. This is like the uh, better ingredients um, version of this, supposedly. Not bad though. Okay, I love. I've never had. Not bad. I'm gonna. Yeah, if it was ice cold and you were outside, it's pretty good. Three and a half stars. I mean, I never know about these things with a can. Like, can you have five of them? I don't know. Right. I don't understand how much is in here. Yeah, so, <laughs> alcohol. No, either it's four and a half. So that's oh, not that like horrible. a drink. If I, I don't fall know. off yeah. the chair. Okay, so know. like a normal beer would be in that neighborhood of like a light beer would probably be around four and a half ish, five, four to five. Really light would be like three point two. IPAs go six to eight ish. Yeah. Double IPAs can go ten plus percent, and knock right. you on your ass. This is you could drink a, okay. a few of these and not you know get hammered. So, can, so it's turned from my it's question. Your turn. Yeah. yeah so if we're talking about conversation. Do you have goals when you have conversations? Do you just like, I hope to, you know, be mildly entertained? Or when you have a conversation, do you have an actual goal? Because I think people, I think you need to goal set. What am I trying to happen here? And I always Mm. think if I can laugh and make them laugh, and if I can think and make them think, that's a successful conversation. And if I think I can't do both of those things, I'm probably going to pull the parachute. I mean, I think it totally depends on context because with strangers or like, yeah, strangers, my my goal is to, you know, survive. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. And, like, and, like, Either avoid or survive. Right. <laughs> right. Or get out without looking like like having my true sort of dorkiness come out. But um, I uh, but yeah, with like regular I mean, other or professional settings or people, I don't feel that way. I mean, I'm, I'm, I want to be entertained and because you, something. Those are you two teach. Good things. I do. And so obviously you're trying to make them think. Well, sir, yeah, that, I, I wasn't including that. Right, but is that a con- like, you consider that a con- do you consider teaching to be a conversation? Mm-hmm. The way I teach, yeah, it's not really lecturing. I mean, I'm like engaging them. Mm-hmm. It's right. interactive. Yeah. And how is that different from you know if you had fr- is is the mindset a little bit different or are you like I'm familiar enough with these people, the students that it's sort of the same. There's some things that are the same because I am, I know them. I mean, I'm familiar with them. Like we, you know, it's small classes. I know all of them, whatever. But um, but I I don't know. I mean, I I'm, I'm the power dif- difference there is not. I mean, that's that's a that's a specific scenario, right? Like I don't have like I'm you know you you guys don't have to like get graded by me, right? So, oh, you'd be surprised. So. <laughs> See, I always feel like I'm getting graded in the conversation. Yeah, you're not judging right. Yeah, now. I know. I, I want. Like I want to judge, and I want to get yes. My goal Constant in the judging. conversation is to leave with a passing grade at the very least. I think we're always being judged, and it's it's probably harder not knowing the criteria. But I want them to remember what we talked about tomorrow. That, Stranger or not, I've never thought about it that way. But I yeah. think I've referenced this before on another episode that we did. That I tend to at a. It's funny you mentioned the South and how men congregate and women congregate because I often will like infiltrate the women's group if there's like two 
you know, specific, um, you know, groups as the men and the women. Mm-hmm. I often end up talking to the women because I find that they're more um, thought-provoking, verbal. verbal, or willing to have a conversation that is beyond something that is super surface about the Cleveland Browns. And I, I'm, again, I'm happy to talk about the Browns, and sometimes I do want to talk about the Browns. Right. But I think that my goal is, maybe I don't even, it's subconscious, but it is to entertain myself I'm very. I, I consider myself very inquisitive, uh-huh. and I'm I'm trying to like discover who this person is, and can I find out something that is unusual, entertaining, um, that I like I, I never saw coming, I guess. And then at the at the same time, maybe entertain them. In in it's probably a um, what's the word I'm trying to find here? It's like my own ego. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm like making them laugh or I'm, um, like you, you said that they're, they're, they might mem- remember it. You brought up the Browns here. That's a good point. It's easier to make small talk in Northeast Ohio than it is in New York City. Because most people here have some opinions, some passions, something for a handful of mm. things around here. In New York City, people could have, you can be as big a New York Giant fan in New York as you want and 90% of the people do not give a shit. Mm. Or just tuned out on it. Mm-hmm. It's just a different world. Here, which is why I like it here, actually, people do share a similar background, bond, civic pride, a lot of things about the community that does bode well for you can just engage with conversation about a handful of things. And people are not going to be bored by it. They're going to be passionate about it because they do have a pride in it. And they do care about the Browns. And they do care about the Indians. And they do care about Ohio. I think that makes it easier to have conversations here. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting the the sports thing like I don't that's that's a more of a men's thing like it doesn't I don't well that's also, a sexist thing to say <laughs> no not at all um, it doesn't work that way um, it can't go the other way um, but the uh, no like it's just interesting because I don't like it's tricky because I don't I know there are lots of women that follow sports I'm not one of them but um, but like I don't I can't engage that's a, a small talk thing that I can't just, I have nothing to say like right. I don't know anything right um, about that so that's a tricky I wish I did sometimes because like, easier to, but you see how most to, people are well, able to get. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But like, yeah, there are. It's interesting how, like, yeah, depending on where you are, if you're a sports fan, you have that like automatic bond. When I had babies, I suddenly mm. like women talk to me all the time mm. about the babies, right? And I never had talked like I didn't. I just don't talk to strangers that much. I don't talk to women that or men like anyone. So like right. women talking to me about kids, I was like, oh wow, I have this entree into like mm. women's world that I never had before. You know, and small talk. You brought up small talk. Tend to mm. avoid landmines in it, or you don't want to get anybody mm. too upset. What's ha- what happened over the last five years? You might have been married to somebody for ten years and not know how they voted. Mm. Like it wasn't even something that everybody discussed um, that openly. That was never true okay, of my entire life. I know, but a lot <laughs> of people are like, a lot of people are like <laughs> that. A lot of people it didn't matter. <laughs> now, especially if somebody's on a date or trying to make small talk, it's coming up before the appetizer. Mm. It's such an important thing and it's such oh, it's on people's minds that trying to avoid that kind of conversation kills a lot of small talk because yeah. people are like they're so on edge or going towards it is going to blow up a lot of things. That never was the case before the last 5 years. It's changed the way we Conversate. Is that the word? You know, I looked up that word earlier because I was using it in my head and thinking about this. Yeah, and it's not a real word. It's a slang word, but it's a word. It's a slang word, but people use it. What the kids are saying. Converse would be the correct word, but but conversate is a funny word and fun to use. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, there's landmines 
that you might not have gotten to that are now right there. People want to know right there before I have a casual conversation of you. What can I talk about? What do, do you believe the same things I do? Yeah. It's really what's strange. I Did you get decide. your vaccine? That that shouldn't be a, a conversation now, but that's a small talk conversation. I can't decide if it's a good or bad thing, and it, because you know back. It used to be you can't talk about politics and religion. That was kind of like a thing, especially in business. Like if you're oh, yeah, you business. Know, in sales, yeah. you don't want right. to bring anything up like that, especially in the South. You just don't go there. But nowadays it is – it feels like um, it's really a double-edged sword. I just wish it was – actually, because I grew up in a highly political family. We talked about it all the time in the home. We talked about it with all those around us. In not an here. angry way though. Not No. And right. and I, I, I grew up in a town that was um, – majority not like we were um in that sense and um and so i there was you know all my friends did not agree with me like my parents were friends with people who did not agree with them etc and i think um that was like a very it's a very comfortable place for me to be and i think it's unfortunate the more people are uncomfortable because that would be in it but not in like a an irish home stakes, grows up I'm that gonna, way it's fun it's sure. part, yeah. it's part of the yeah not like we're kill each other and, you're right and yeah. when you go to different countries they're still like that and i don't know if it's a political thing or it's a trump thing I think people need to know right, right in the first 30 seconds where you stand on Trump and then it was a where you stand on COVID and all that. We didn't have this five years. I think we'll go back to that. I don't I think know we'll, if we're going to go back. I, I think we, we go back I think to, we will. I hope I we become less polarized. It's scary and it's disheartening. I, I think we will because I have I still do travel around a lot and the noise has calm. It's just calmer. It just is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I guess you see what you want to see. And I do. I, I don't know. I it's maybe it, it feels maybe like it's come down a notch in the last. Well, it has, yeah, a little bit of air is out of the balloon. Sure, it is. It's not gonna. Well, we're gonna blow up all the time. But Amanda's like, no, I don't know. No. I mean, I have so many things to say. <laughs> well, say them. <laughs> say That's it. why we're no, here. No, no, no. It's not. I was just thinking. Um, I think it's true though that um, we actually know people live like we're becoming more polarized in where we live and people won't marry across political lines anymore, like date across. So I, when you were saying that I, they I, know that, I think it's like people put that on their see, profiles. I, right. Right? I think it's a temporary thing. I, th- I really think it's a Trump thing. I don't think so. Cause that trend was already there before Trump. I read about that. We were slowly, the people weren't marrying across. They weren't living in the neighborhood. The only ones well, that yeah. weren't hold on crossing mm-hmm. oh the, well, I do. I studied this and I did a whole thing on it. The, Republican woman would date a Democrat man because there's a lot of good dudes if they didn't. The uh, the repo- well, I say this, the Desi, I had two sips of these drinks and I'm confused now. <laughs> the um, Democrat man will date a Republican woman because there's a lot of gun-toting, hot, badass babes or whatever. The one that would not cross-pollinate is the Republican, the Democrat, the super progressive uh, Amanda Adams oh, will, oh. No, will not date the Republican man. That's the one that has always that sort was, of been but around. But what about the other way? I don't know if Republican men would date they absolutely would Democratic be women. In two seconds because uh, you're leaving too many hot chicks on the table no, if you do but, not. But they, they do. They don't want to deal with or they can't. Uh, I don't know. They well, do because the tr- every guy here, says, says that. I'm like, I will line up a thousand hot libs and you will date every one of them. Here, let's get off the politics because this could go way off into a different corner I mean, that's fine buddy. but no it's fine I mean, we, we can go there if you want but i think um what's just what's interesting to me is i think everything i've i have read and shows that like with every passing year more and more americans do not care um who you marry um meaning like 
you race, know, right, even what religion. race, religion, but but politically, we have gotten much yeah. more divided, and it's weird how that that has happened. So it's like a it's Maybe, like an inversion. But part of it, you know, it used to be you brought up used to have fun. I always say people say, "What do you do for a living?" I'm in the passionate conversation business. <laughs> I host three podcasts. One is about love, one is about food, and one is about politics. And what do those things have in common? People get really excited to share their opinion on all three of those things. And if that's done in a, in a way that is stimulating and curious and passionate, you don't have to agree on things. What we've gotten in the last five years, you can draw that line wherever you want, is people are not comfortable disagreeing they're like if i disagree with you i don't want to be in the same room with you i don't want to associate this is this is indicative of your entire character and that's not just about politics it's the way we view no, each other anymore yeah, this has yeah. trickled mm-hmm. down to conversations i only want to talk to my kind about, about my stuff and that's not a good thing for conversation no yeah. did i kill the conversation no yeah, not at all you, you know just... I, I just want to say <laughs> i just want to say something that is fascinating to me the best thing i've ever read on the internet is um are either of you familiar with Slate Star Codex? It's a website started, it was uh, originally pseudonymously by um, a guy who was outed, I believe, by the Washington Post. Uh, pseudonymously, but, excellent. Um, is that the right word? That is, it's okay. a top-notch word. Yeah, Good job. thanks. I don't even have an English degree. Yeah, who knew? But um, <laughs> I believe his real name is Scott Alexander, and he's a guy that lives in, um, I want to say he's a psychotherapist or psychologist, and go and do yourself a favor, it will take you, a solid 20 to 30 minutes to read, but it is called, um, I think it's called something like, um, I agree with everyone, but the out group, I agree with everyone, but the out group, or if you, if you, if you Google slate star codex, slates are codex code C O D E X slate star, a name. It's, it's the website name slate star codex. Um, I think it's, I think it's something like I agree with everyone, but the out group, And it's this topic exactly. And it is the most like, it's just a, it's an awesome read. It will make you stop and think and say, yes, this hits exactly what the issue is with America nowadays that, um, you know, we think we're tolerant. We talk about like, oh, I'm tolerant. I, you know, I, I'm and 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 we're really, we're not tolerant at all when it's the out group. And he talks about, you know, like, um, the, the, Catholic Irish versus the Protestant <laughs> Irish and mm-hmm. how like they're so similar. I know. But yet they, they could care like if like a like a Catholic Irish, you know, it could care less about someone on the other side of the world who their their, you know, politics, the way they see the world, their religion is a thousand. Their skin color is a thousand percent different than uh-huh. them. They don't care about them at all. They care they about the person the that looks exactly like them who has a, a, a belief that's just a little I different. Right. <laughs> the uh the most, the ones who think they're the most tolerant are usually the least tolerant. Yeah. And, you know, you're right. It's, it's, I want you to be exactly like me and agree with me. And uh, that, that's such a strange way to go through life. Yeah. It's such a strange way to have conversations. If you think the way I do, that's no fun for me. Yeah. Amanda mm-hmm. is getting ready to pour a drink, it looks like. Yeah. Are we already on our third? Yeah. Is it? I guess yeah. it's time. Yeah. So, and Amanda, I do feel here. like you said you wanted to hit on one thing about the reg- regionality. Um, just before we move on. Is, oh, uh, no. I, yeah, I guess I was interested in, in your your discussion of how conversation differs um, between regions because I've, like you, I've lived on the East Coast and the West Coast and I grew up here. In the Midwest. And that sort of like Midwestern niceness, which 
Like I'm not particularly nice, but mm-hmm. because I'm from Ohio, mm-hmm. when I go East Coast, I sort of come off like it. It was, it was nice. a shock. Yeah. Well, thank yes, thank you. Um, it seemed <laughs> it was a sort of shock to me to to um, get there and sort of everything's relative, right? So like here, I'm sort of an aggressive talker. There, I'm like off the farm, nice. <laughs> Like farmer's daughter. Yeah, the the, the red hair though does make people think. Does there's stereo? There's judgment that, and you're aware of that. There's judgment with that that people are going to assume that you have a uh, bigger personality than maybe you do. Hmm. I'm not saying you you don't, but there is a stereotype of the red hair. Reddish hair. Uh, No, I've been told other Hmm. other things about that. Hmm. But yeah, I didn't. They think I'm going to have a big personality. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You're gonna be a little fiery. Interesting. Fiery. I mean, yeah. I've yeah, I've never gotten that. I've I've been compared to like Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the the there's a bit of a yeah, there's a okay. the illusion of niceness here. I think that that it's sort of like Minnesota nice. You ever mm. heard what that is? Uh, right. You to me, to me, that means that uh, you can come over to my house, you can knock on my door, you can ask to borrow something, Ooh. but you're not coming in my house. Oh, yeah. so it's it's a limit. Well, and there's a little bit of here too. Everybody's of the friendly. Northern people. Well, here, even this town where we're sitting in here, it's very surface welcooming and all that. But there's a lot of like, mm. what are you doing here? What do you want? Who is that? Gossipy. There's a real there's undercurrent. Sure. sure, I do think it depends a little bit. I grew up in in, in this small town in the Midwest where I, I was just telling somebody the other day that our, my parents' best friends growing up. It would be Saturday night, and they'd be like, "Hey, let's go see what the Laguardias are doing." We'd drive over there, just stop in, and then end up spending like spending several hours. My parents would be drinking on their back deck. The kids would be wow. playing in the yard. They right. had no idea we we're coming over because right. it's pre cell phones, right. and you know. And there's a bunch of people I know that I call and I could. I think that's a good thing, right? yeah. but people are very interested in everybody else's business yeah. here, oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. and sure. a lot of places in the country people do yeah. not care. No, that's right. true. Yeah. That's true. Small. I think that's small town friendly yeah. thing versus big city but yeah. yeah but yeah no it's just interesting like when i went to when i lived in philadelphia i felt like i thought everybody was mean at first mm-hmm. right because of the way they talk and of course they're not mean they're just it's they're aggressive talkers and and they're <laughs> they're blunt right? right and blunt and they're I like, like the there's well, uh, new yorkers we feel like we're we, have, we do have to play a part right a i know i know expectation of being kind of a but, dickhead yeah. <clears throat> but then it's but then there's a way in which that's really refreshing because you sort of are everything's out there whereas you know you go to midwest and sometimes west but also south where People are sound nice, and then you're like, "Wait, there's like subtlety there." What <laughs> it's like in it's like yeah. in the well, south, the and they're say, like, "Oh, bless your heart." Right. And really, well, what they're saying is, "Go after self." It's right? just yeah. a different way. Even the rhythm of a conversation sounds mm-hmm. in the south. Um, words with uh, one syllable, they make them into two, like "damn," right? She it, <laughs> and then words that are two syllables, they make into one, like my aunt, who's southern, calls me Bran. Right, right, right that's right. And the rhythm is different. Make a decision, and the cadence, the cadence is different. Yeah. And so Make it a takes a while to get into the rhythm of conversation, which you talk about if you're not familiar with how that ping pong ball is totally. coming back. It's a little bit slower with a southern drawl or Texas right. twang. Yeah. And if you're this aggressive New York, it's hard. I think I this is so kind of, so interesting because I travel a lot. And in fact, tomorrow I get on a plane at 7 a.m. for San Francisco. In my whole career, I have traveled to every part of the U.S. And I am keenly aware of the little subtleties in the conversational flow and what you can mm-hmm. and can't say. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I've gotten good at kind of picking up on like sort of the right way to jump in or like sort of be a chameleon. Yeah. Um, one of the best conversations I ever had was the first time I met this customer of mine in Long Island, New York. And it, I mean, he sat across from the table and was like, what the hell do you have? And four hours later, it was it was like the most stimulating, interesting, yeah. fascinating yeah. 
conversation because I realized this guy was super bright. He was direct. He wanted to know if I knew anything. I could, and and at the end of the conversation, he was like, "This guy isn't an idiot," and I kind of like what he's talking about. Yeah. Anyway, all right, totally. The the the, you know, the level of what people are talking about changes too. The the, the deepest, most interesting, most passionate conversations I have ever um, been around or been a part of anywhere in the world were in Israel. Now, mm. part of that is. Two people just speaking casually in Hebrew sounds like they're fighting over a parking space. Right. Like that is no, there are different languages the, compared to ours. They, that yeah, sound they, like they that. sound, yeah. but they're culturally designed to How go deep know? with conversations without being angry about it. They can talk about. There's a lot of complicated matters over there, and they can sit and talk about it mm. till three o'clock in the morning. They like talking. Mm. The bar scene is late night, and it's built around talking. We're built around drinking. Mm. And they're built around talking, and the drinks will enhance the conversation. Yeah. We're here; the drinks will cause conversations to happen. All right. So speaking that, of, that might be a good a good uh, shift yeah. into my uh, uh, drink, which is a French seventy five. Oh. Speaking of cultures that like to talk, yeah, um, French seventy five is a super cool drink. Yeah, yeah, super cool. We'll see how this turns out. So Amanda just a, a second ago, what, I think pulled out a couple bottles of champagne. Excuse me, champagne, and right. one of them nearly exploded. Okay. I have to warn you, do not get this table dirty. The owner hates it when we leave drink residue everywhere. Oh, that's, that's Brian Howard. Yeah, Sorry. Um, I've, I've, uh, guys, I've given up on this table. <laughs> I love it. This is like a, it looks like pink lemonade. It does. It's like it's uh, not the it's not the manliest seventy five was supposed to be yeah, yellow. It's it is. What happened? Um, I th- thinking that there was a little cranberry juice left. Oh. In that thing. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't make it, it. ingredients. Yeah. Make it out of an unwashed uh, shaker. <laughs> I, it was washed, but cranberry juice is stubborn. Um, so, guys, uh, it's, it's a beautiful is that color. It? If you no, it's oh. not. If you feel ill after you drink this, oh. um, you know, just. Uh, I think I heard that in Bangkok. Yeah. yeah, just like go to sleep. Just go lay down. Go lay down. Yeah, guys. <laughs> we'll see. Line right. those up. I'm going to put I'm these on our Instagram. If you feel ill, jeez. I know, right? I, uh, this is not this chaser is not, for my. Beverage. I know. So uh, French 75 is um, gin and uh, uh, fresh lemon juice and sugar. A little bit of sugar. Not simple okay. syrup, but sugar. And then uh, champagne. Okay. Um, I'm going to try this first just to, you know. <laughs> the tester. The chef is trying her own yeah. uh, concoction. Yeah, sure. It's good. Go for it's it. good. All right. It's a, again, it's a beautiful pink peachy color. It's yeah. bubbly. It's fizzy. I tossed purposely good. some cranberry juice in it's there. It's good. It has a unique taste to it. Yeah, it's the gin and champagne like combination that's sort of weird. Yeah. Right. So the French 75 oh, wow. is a... Mm. It's, it's a great drink. It is. I, I like it a lot. This that, is a great, color, that is a great drink. Great. You, yeah, I, that's a great drink. People be like, that's an awesome drink. That is yeah. a great cocktail. That is. Um, French 75 is the name of a cannon used in World War One, and uh, that helped the Americans win. So <laughs> USA. That's what, Fun yeah. fact. USA. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it, a very good drink. Yeah, this combination of ingredients before it was called the French seventy five was also recorded yeah. in an article in the nineteenth century. If you served that at Dick- a party, people would think you're mm-hmm. you're a fine mixologist. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, anyway, good. Charles Dickens also drank this. It was my point. So. Oh, okay. Got to get the nineteenth century literature. Speaking reference of Charles in there. Dickens, um, here's my question. Because I think if if you th- we think about like a obviously we've been talking about different contexts and conversation. If we're talking about like a dinner party where conversation is paramount, right? Good conversation. That's the whole point. 
I guess the food is the point for some people, but for me, it'd be more about the conversation. Um, who, who would be your fantasy celebrity dinner party? Anybody dead or alive, any celebrity, uh, based on this sort of criteria of good, I guess, criterion singular of good conversation. So dead or alive, yeah. which celebrity would you like to have at yeah. a dinner party to have an awesome conversation? Yeah, that's a better yeah. way to phrase that question, yeah. I have some questions for Jesus. Is that, is that eligible? I sure. <laughs> that's the easy got a few one. questions. Yeah. I got a few questions. I think he was a good conversationalist. Right? I, just have quite, I don't know was. about that. I got some questions. Plus, you oh, know well. great wine is coming near um, the end. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's going to end well. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he has a poor track record with the suppers. Well, okay. So, so not that. So who do I want to? Who do who do I have yeah. questions for? Well, not, I mean, not questions. Yes, but I would say if we're talking about a ping pong warm up, who's your volleying partner? Like who who would be fun to talk to? Whether it's questions for them or just you think there'd be they'd be fun to sort of talk with chemistry, all of that. Um, I ha- you know what somebody asked me this question, and you know who I uh, gave the answer was the answer at the time. Yeah, the one I I used to say, and I still my childhood hero growing up, and he's coming on my political podcast, which is crazy that I'm saying this. It's OJ Simpson as a conversationalist. I have a lot of questions, and oh, I think he's got a, and he's led a full life. No, my answer was know, always somebody like well. Tom Brokaw. Oh, sure. So Tom Brokaw, like, really? is not going to get too uh, like I. You had to choose the three. One is dead. We, for us growing up, mm. we had Peter Jennings, we had Tom Brokaw, and we had Dan Rather. Dan Rather, yeah. Dan Rather is too biased now sure. in his opinions. I think Tom Brokaw does have the tra- – he's seen everything over the last 60 he's years. He's been everywhere. But I think he, he could have a regular conversation like a regular person without preaching to me. And I think if you want to talk about world events and world history and opinion but and all don't that, you like he's to laugh? a good guy. Because none I think of he, them are funny. I think Tom Brokaw would be funny. Actually, Dan Rather's funny when he gets into his like Texas Yeah, I think slang. these guys – I think in order to get to that level – and that level is the highest level of, so, right. of showman. They definitely have personalities that would be fun around the okay. table. They I think all Brian drink, Williams they, is way They funnier. all drink, uh, but I couldn't trust what he said. Right. That's true. <laughs> that was That's right true. there. Right, I was right there. Yeah, but they all drink a lot. Brokaw drinks a lot. You know, it's funny. Yeah, so a newsman. I, I didn't want to go politically. I was I was getting I was starting to sweat a couple, you know, a little while ago. We were getting on the political conversation. But it is funny because I once saw George W. Bush speak at a conference with about 250 people and I was 50 feet away from him and he was sitting on this dais where he he spoke um, off the cuff for an hour and did Q&A and you would have thought he was the absolute smartest, most erudite guy in the room. Yeah. And by the way, witty, totally like just humble. And, yeah. and I thought to myself, this guy would be an awesome guy to have beers with. Now, here's That's the second part. That's what everybody part. thought. Here's That's the why they voted for him. Yep. Well, <laughs> he won that poll. <laughs> I can tell you that a lot of people didn't think he was very bright. The second part That's is, true. I don't. I would, well, I think, again, my, if you sat there in that room, you'd be hard-pressed to say the guy was not very bright. Right. And, so, and the second part of it is, Bill Clinton is clearly very bl- bright. Correct. Very interesting, very well read, well spoken, well educated. Mm-hmm. Those two to, to, together, they're buddies, like they're, or at least they're friendly, right. right? Those two would be fascinating to have drinks, or well, not that George W. drinks, but to sit and have a dinner conversation with those two would be 
fascinating. Well, I, right? That, that's oh. a good point. You bring I don't that have up. Any former president? No, except one the, to the dinner party. Okay, yeah. I'll tell you the one who's not good at a dinner party. Obama. Oh, yeah. I agree. He's too professorial. Right. right. He's, he's too not, calculated I, in everything he says. Well, I wouldn't use that word, but I think he's well, not he fun. Is. He's, he's like, not going to be funny. He's very guarded at yeah. all times, so he wouldn't let it go. The one, say what you want about the, maybe how you feel the press pool reacted or treated Trump. They loved being around him. Oh, sure. He's a wildly charismatic. I've been in Trump's home. I've had many conversations with him. He owes me money. He's His <laughs> level line. of charm and charisma <laughs> yeah. is entertaining. Oh, At sure. a dinner party, he might say anything. Yeah. <laughs> he might badmouth. He would but, be honest. He'd be unfiltered. That's a good person at a dinner party, so, uh, regardless of what you feel about him. Right. B- before he got into politics, you would want right. Donald Trump the, at I, your before dinner Before politics, pre-politics <laughs> Trump, I might consider. Here's the thing, though. He's like – I agree that he's totally amusing. I mean it's why – MSNBC carried his speeches in 2016 yeah. and I watched them, right? Right. So, but the thing is, do you want to be at a dinner party where you have all these massive egos where people mm. are just holding that, forth that's, forever? That's funny you bring that and up. And I just that, don't think like, it has, there has to be a balance. Like it has correct. to be somebody who would also listen to me. If you go to a dinner party <laughs> in Los Angeles, yeah, it's competitive storytelling. Right, right. It's very unpleasant. Name and drop. you feel like it's not honest, it's name dropping, it's mm-hmm. whatever. Getting people from all walks of life and just having them at a barbecue somewhere in the middle of nowhere, you're going to have a better time than at a lot of... So, no, I think yeah. so. Amanda, right. I want to hear who would in, who would be interested in listening to you. You just mentioned. <laughs> so who? Who would you have? Let me name celebrities who I think would like me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Damn it, all of them. <laughs> no, but I do think that you have to find like the balance of people who are amusing because I want to laugh. I want people who are funny. That's like my... And interesting. Smart and funny. I mean, it has to be that combination. Well, you, you have to have a few names in mind. Of course, I'm I'm building to that. Okay, sorry, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> prematurely. Yeah, yeah. no, um, but uh, but I mean, it has to be that combination. So, like Steve Martin would be like, who is ve- very smart, very and he might and play an instrument, funny. a banjo. Yeah. Well, He's wait, amazing. no, if somebody's going to get out and play an instrument. I'm off. Yeah, people. That. They can't do that. You're you, off. He's the rare. No, like in the right s- scenario, but like if in the middle of dinner, <laughs> oh, okay, or at a party, oh. he's like, "Hey, everyone, listen to me," and you weren't asked to do it. Like they weren't asked he's to do it. He's the I rare, that. and he's an interesting guy. He's a painter. He's sort of a renaissance I know, a man. novelist. He's older now. Most comedians you would not want. They're right. miserable people. Yeah, they're depressed. They're like, they're, I don't want to be funny. No, that's why. Erotic. Yeah, he's. A, a, I know. An that's why I chose him. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good and one. And he's because he's so. He's so smart and he's so funny and I just have had a crush on him since I was a little kid. So maybe I'm not talking yeah. at a dinner party. Maybe it's like a romantic dinner with me and Steve Martin. <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe yeah. that's – let me revise this. Can, no, I'm just kidding. Do you the, know Steve Martin, t- Brian? I don't know. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, so. oh, Lauren Michaels is somebody who supposedly oh, be, you, you oh, want at a dinner party. I would love to talk to him. Because he's yeah. the biggest name. He's a good storyteller. He's a name dropper and he's in on the joke about himself. Right. Oh. He can do an imitation of him in front of him. Yeah, right. And so he he's a good one. But anybody who's a – Who's a journalist or written or gone deep, you know, somebody who has a real right. yeah. knowledge about something and can share things you guys sure. without getting into some contentious thing. I think that's an interesting yeah. thing. Amanda, you, you, with the comedian thing, I listened to the Conan O'Brien, uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend podcast. I think yeah. he is the quickest witted yeah. human on the planet. And his mind is so razor sharp about so many stuff. He went to Harvard, but, but he's, if you listen to his podcast, he's, really quite humble i think yeah and he's would be just as interested in you yeah. and i think that would be the most entertaining conversation you'd have uh <laughs> short want, of yeah. yeah other than letterman 
most of those guys. And John Stewart, he's he was not great. That was a, he was on my list. Actually. No, I, think John he, I don't care. He's, I don't he's, care. He wouldn't. He would get angry and he would control. Mm. He's not good. Contro- but no. Kimmel, <laughs> Fallon, Colbert, Conan, those Leno, even those guys are used to uh, both asking and, and, and listening. So, Letterman never really cared about listening. You right. were just there for him to do his bit and make funny or whatever. Right. Those guys are all pro- are good to have. So, a couple of them I know, so they would be good. Okay, so everyone we've named so far are men. Oh, and um, I just want to say, like, obviously Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Obviously, I would like to hang Who? out with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I mean, that's a given for any woman of my demographic. But so they're on my list, along with Dorothy Parker, who's dead. But um, I don't know what women would you like to have at your dinner party? Celebrity, alive or dead. Like Joan of Arc? No, I, it's... Uh, that sounds fun. <laughs> she, she'd be terrified. I have some questions. Um, I think uh, I think somebody like Merkel okay. would be Merkel. good. I think Thatcher back in the day would be good. The, one, the ones who oh, were just yeah, head-to-head British ballsy. British people are great conversations. Well, I mean, the ones Seriously, who were just like ballsy. A... Like, yeah. I like ballsy. Say what you want about AOC, however you fall on the spectrum. She's fucking ballsy, you know? She has things to say. She has opinions well, sure. on things, and and uh, and she bartended. So I think she has some, some skills <laughs> there. I think I think that matters. You know, uh, somebody like that. I think Nancy Pelosi would be fucking awesome to have because she has a sense of humor mm-hmm. and she has led a life. And I think that deep down she isn't really on the fringes too much. She's pretty reasonable about a lot of things. So yeah, mm-hmm. somebody like that. I'm trying to think right now. Do you know of, any women? Of, I, I don't know any women. I'm terrified of women. <laughs> you just said I think, like I, I to think, infiltrate I women's I think Chris's groups. wife. I think that I would like her. I have some questions. I have, I have questions oh, for Chris's wife. Plenty of people have a lot of questions. They want to have her analyzed. <laughs> what were you thinking? Why? <laughs> yeah. This is, this is um, it's funny because I, I don't know why I was thinking this one, but I was like, Amelia Earhart would be interesting because she had this crazy, like, well, sense of adventure and i want to know what happens right. <laughs> i don't know like right. um i'm trying to think of some athletes that mary I, that carillo I really you know mary carillo is I was just the tennis, tennis commentary player? yeah tennis yeah. but she branches mm-hmm. out and covers a lot of stuff like mm-hmm. little athlete little journalist little those people are mm-hmm. you know curious she's a curious person mm-hmm. um people like that you you want curious people you want people right. who've gotten out have a track record of going outside their comfort zone or outside their professional sphere, somewhere else. Those people are those people are the people you want. Yeah, you know, obviously back in the day, everybody would have wanted Bourdain. Right. Yeah. I met him once. Oh, you I did? Know him, but no, I, I don't. I did meet him on the street in New York City. He was very kind and very gracious. I talked wow. to him for twenty seconds, and I took a picture with him. I, I met. Him on you the know street. who would be good? Garrison Keillor is a person I've had a long huh. conversation with, and have you? Great. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I think somebody like that would be. Would be interesting, mm-hmm. you know. Supposedly, the the handful of people that I know who have, have spent time with them, all of the Supreme Court justices are f- oh, I'm sure. fascinating mm-hmm. to get sure. to that level and to have the conversation. That's why they're close because they can have oh conversations. That's a great right, one. like Scalia yeah. and Ginsburg hanging yeah, out. That right, would be fun. Right, right. Yeah, I would yeah, love um, to have dinner brilliant. with like Antonin Scalia. All of them going back well, he, a long time. Dead. They have he's a dead. they have a bond. They do understand. The, how to right. see sides on things. They're just sure. wired a different way. They're probably all oh, yeah. great. I think, I mean, politically, like, it would just be fascinating as sort of like to get to see inside somebody's life like that. But I mean, in terms yeah. of 
Like who would? I have questions for lots of people, but in Kavanaugh terms of who would actually be fun to talk about? <laughs> I, he likes beer. I hear. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I like beer. Just I know if people you guys, who graduated high school with him. Like that's the yeah. age I am. If you guys um, can walk me home from that party, that'd be great. <laughs> but it's, yeah, those kind of people would be would be interesting. You know, mm-hmm. this is the point where. I think we cut it off and say it's been a great conversation. Uh, Brian, have you enjoyed this conversation? Denouement. Uh, let me a say, lot of them. I always enjoy this. Kind of, I, for those who, who do not know, we're at the studio called Pod Populi where we record this. And a lot of times I'm here when you guys do the show. The key is if I'm interested, I will leave the door open so I can hear it in the other room. I'm always leave the door open and the other uh, side that is a big compliment this is always fascinating conversation the good a good podcast should feel like the listener has a seat at the table for the conversation i always feel like i have a seat at the table for this conversation even when i'm not in the room and that's the best compliment i can give for a podcast i appreciate that and that's the best compliment i've had from us a number of people who've listened who have enjoyed this and um that was the goal so yeah appreciate you being on amanda i always appreciate you being on as you know brian we end with three minutes of happiness which is I think that nowadays it's always good to stop and be great or to, to have gratitude uh, for something that made you happy. There's plenty of little things that I think bring us joy. What was yours recently? Something that made you happy. And if you're on the spot, I can go to Amanda, but do you have anything? Go to Amanda. Okay. I was just going to say, I recently had a family vacation with extended family in-laws and um, they're on the opposite side of the political spectrum from me. And we had a great time because we have so many things in common and they're funny as heck and they, you know, they like to drink, um, which I, you know, dabble in and, mm. um, and they're great. So I'm thankful for, uh, you know, those connections we still can make Yeah, across that. Uh, the thing that brought me joy, um, as you mentioned earlier, I do a traveling live comedy theater show called The Great Love Debate. Uh, we had, we've been doing this for seven or eight years. A lot of times the energy in the room was a little uh, contentious, which is part of the show. A lot of people wanted to come to be validated in their misery. Mm. Since the sort of the lights have gone on back in the world and we have done these, people are so happy to be around other people that a lot of the things that they were uptight about – they've either forgotten about them or they realize they're not important anymore. And people being in a uh, theater or a comedy club of a couple hundred people, just that shared experience has broken down more walls than I have seen in many, many years. And that brought me great uh, pleasure, joy. Awesome. That's perfect. Amanda, you mentioned you went on vacation with your in-laws. I just got back from, as I mentioned earlier, northern Michigan on a vacation with my in-laws – it was a great week. The weather was kind of hit or miss, but it didn't matter. The kids had a blast. I had a blast. We had those moments where we're sitting around a campfire, drinking bourbon, talking, having like laughing our heads off. I mentioned this on a previous episode. One of the best things I ever learned to do years ago was use Apple iMovie every vacation. I am the one who creates this Apple iMovie. All the cousins, all my nieces, nephews, and I have like 35 of them because my wife comes from a huge family. They all, all my in-laws send me pictures and movies from the the trip. And then I create this movie, set it to music and then send it out. And I sent it out last night. It was just great to get, to see my phone lighting up with, Mm -hmm. we love the movie. It was so much fun. And the kids will have that memory and that that little movie forever. So that was my little moment of happiness that whole week. And then the video I made one final toast. I found a great quote. Maybe you've heard before. Some Anne Morrow Lindbergh. She said, good conversation is as stimulating as black coffee. 
and just as hard to sleep after. So here's to many more great conversations. Cheers. Cheers. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation and all the conversations we have here on 3Q3D. If so, I humbly ask that you take a second right now and give us a review or hopefully a five-star rating. It would mean a lot. The best thing you could do, though, is to share the Three Questions, Three Drinks podcast with an inquisitive friend who you think might enjoy it. Thanks in advance. And remember to follow our Instagram at Three Drinks Podcast. That is Three Drinks Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening. 